Welcome to Coffee with Jamie, a show about how to get unstuck from some of life's stickiest stuff, like burnout, divorce, loss, and more. Here is your host, Jamie Finney. Hello there, and welcome to the second episode of Coffee with Jamie. It's a show about getting unstuck. I'm your host, Jamie Finney, and um, this week we're going to be talking all about something I call big, bulky desires. Now, if you are listening live, we're getting a little bit of a late start. We had some technical challenges this morning, but we have worked through those. Technology, I love it when it works. <laughs> so, all right. So, This week, uh, big bulky desires that might sound a little peculiar, that's okay. You may also notice my voice sounds a little peculiar as well this week. I'm I'm a little congested, but you know, stuff's going around. Um, I'm lucky to say that I, I work from home, trying to keep everything consolidated here and not not spread it out around town. Um, but yeah. Keeping it keeping it real here. <laughs> so I got a little bit of congestion. And anyway, so big bulky desires. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna share what that is all about as we dig in today. But first, I want to do a little recap of last week for two reasons. Reason number one, because with all the excitement and nerves of it being my first solo episode last week, I left out a couple very important pieces. And number two, reason number two is each week that we do this show, that I do this show, it builds a little bit upon the previous week. So as we go along throughout the show's 13 episode season, um, I want to make sure that you're getting all the all the bits. All right. So last week I shared a bit of my own story. And one of the first times that feeling stuck really stood out for me. And it was, you know, right after my dad passed away and how I began my own journey of, of working through all of that. And it was about 10 years ago. Um, the hindsight that I have now is that the past 10 years, it's given me a lot of wonderful gifts, like having to iterate my way through grief differently than I had with previous experiences with loss, um, while also working through a very severe spell of, of career burnout. Um, I also, I had to learn how to be more pre- a more present mom for my two daughters and for myself. Um, often we prioritize, you know, our family members over ourselves. And, and you know, I think that's just a, a thing we do as parents often, if you happen to be a parent. Um, it's not even a parenting thing. Sometimes we put other people, other family members, other friends before ourselves. And that's something I've been trying to practice is, is putting myself first so that I can be the best version of myself for those who depend on me. Um, But I've also learned that just because you've worked through feeling stuck once or twice before, it does not make you immune to feeling it again. And that was actually... Um, you know, kind of a big surprise to me. I kind of thought, oh, well, I've worked through it. I'm, you know, done <laughs> moving on, but not the case because of um, having to work through it and then finding myself stuck or burned out or, or going through, you know, rounds of, of grief. Um, because of, of all of that, all those years allowed me to kind of 
synthesize the actions that I was taking to work through getting unstuck multiple times. So, you know, it allowed me to like synthesize this process and prove to myself that these steps that I've kind of um, come up with for myself, they work. I've, I've had to apply them to different situations and different kinds of feeling stuck, you know, and I think, I think that that's, um, it's really kind of a, a big deal for me. <laughs> so, so that's why I get so excited about sharing it. So last week we talked about step one. It was the compass of intention. And while I encourage everyone to take some time to think about what's important to you and in, in like form your own list of maybe five to 10 things. Um, and I shared my own example, my, li- my own list, but I don't think I stressed enough how important it is to make that list and put it in a place that you can see it often, if not every day. I I think I left that out. And so I wanted to really, in this little recap moment here, hit that home. It's really important. Um, If you think of it, you know, I call it that that compass of intention. Um, If you think of it as an actual compass that is guiding you through not only whatever may be keeping you stuck, but as a compass to guide you through life, it's important. It's important to reference it often because it's so easy to get off track or lost in the woods of all the day-to-day stuff that life throws at you. And, and just like if you were lost in the real woods and you were lucky enough to have a compass, you'd want to take it out and look at it once in a while and make sure you weren't veering too far off course. And, and I feel like our compass of intention uh, works the same way. You, you take it out and look at it often. And you know I keep mine in a little, it's a little pocket guidebook. It's like four four inches tall by three inches wide, one of those little tiny pocket books <laughs> that you can write your own notes in. They're blank. You can find them on Amazon. I'll have to poke, poke a, a link in our show notes um, for anybody interested in, in the pocket guide that I use. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I write it down. I have it written down. I have one particular pocket guide that I've been using for shoot, probably since 20, 2012, when I, 2013, when I started working through this stuff. Um, that's where I wrote down my first list. And it's, you know, I have pages of iteration and sort of evolution of it. But anyway, if you're joining the show for the first time this week, um, definitely stick around. Don't feel like you can't listen to this one if you haven't listened to the, the last one. But I highly recommend going back and listening to the first one if you haven't listened to it. So you'll get a whole lot more out of listening to the whole thing than uh, from this little recap. So, all right. Well, with that, um, let's get into big, bulky desires, shall we? Um, so big, bulky desires are basically, that's just the easy to remember <laughs> term for me. Um, it's, it's basically goals. Um, you know, you might have goals and I, I keep these things separate from the what's important because I think the goals are objectives, right? And the compass of intention and our what's important list, one and the same, the, that's the thing that guides us to these different destinations, right? These different objectives. If we're staying true to what is important to us, then you know we're going to choose goals that actually support those things. They support each other. So these things work together. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about 
a goal of mine that I've had, that I had for a very, very long time. I always wanted to write a book. And that's a big goal for, you know, maybe not for everyone, maybe for some folks, it's super easy or they've done it before. And so doing it again is, is not so hard. I don't know. Um, but way back in 20, I want to say 2011, 2012, right in there, I learned about something called NaNoWriMo and it's National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. It happens every November and it's a 30-day challenge. And the, and the objective of the challenge is to write a 50,000 word novel in 30 days. And it doesn't have to be good and it doesn't have to be like super, you know, whatever, publishable. You just have to accomplish the goal, get the word count and and try to get something out. And I really, really thought that that's how I'm going to get this book done. (laughs) So, it's funny, like every year. So, let's just say 2012, I learned about it. 2013, you know, but I was too scared. It sounded really big and really overwhelming. And, and so I was like, maybe I'll do it in 2013. You kind of get on with life and, and, you know, all the things that you're doing your day to day. And then by the time November is coming up, um, you realize like, oh my gosh, this is a lot to take on. I have to write like, you know, at least 1100 words a day for 30 days. So it's a lot to commit to. And then, you know, life gets in the way. And every year I'd find myself kind of excusing myself out of it. And, you know, all the while I'm I'm kind of trying to work through grief, trying to work through career burnout and figure out what I'm going to do. As I explained last week, kind of that situation I was in, um, you know, as I was trying to work through all of this, I kept trying new challenges and trying to figure out ways to solve problems that I, I wanted to solve, bigger, bigger problems. And, you know, I'm using the example of, of writing a book because it's a fairly big goal, but we, we often have goals of all different scales. So I want to adjust that for a minute. Um, I can tell you that you know, going all the way back to you know, the days of like losing my dad and then the more recent days of of this global pandemic and all of the things going on in the world right now, there are days when the big objective, the big challenge is actually just getting out of bed and having enough motivation to to get on with the things that you know you have to get done. And sometimes that's the challenge, you know, but I'm going to stick with the uh, the book for the sake of kind of getting through describing what, what the big bulky desires are and, and how I started chipping away at it. So with the NaNoWriMo, we um, challenge, I, I basically like, you know, 2013, 2014, I kept excusing myself. I don't have time. There's no way I can make time for this. And what's interesting is during that period in my life, I was just trying to figure stuff out. I didn't, I had left my full-time job in order to figure some stuff out. I did have a few freelance contracts, but they weren't really taxing my time at maximum. I was putting a lot more effort into trying to be a more present mom for my two girls, trying to, you know, be more engaged and, and do stuff like that. Well, around 2015, as the, uh, the, uh, and it actually, let's say 2014, when that NaNoWriMo came up, 
I was like, okay, like I really want to do it, but I had excused myself out of it. November came and went, but December, December, I thought, okay, I missed it. But maybe this year, maybe I can really like start planning now in December for NaNoWriMo 2015. And so that's what I started doing. I, I was like, well, you know, the challenge there is to write um, 50,000 words in 30 days. I, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. But right now, what I think I need to do is just start writing. I need to start figuring some mechanism so that writing becomes a rhythm for me. And so what I decided to do was create my own challenge for December of 2014. And what, and what I decided to do was 30 days of gratitude. And I made a list of 30 people. And I think I called it 30 people, 30 days or 30 days, 30 people. And what my objective was is to every day in the month of December, write for 30 minutes about one person in my life for whom I am grateful for whatever reason. And so um, I made a, a little like Excel spreadsheet and I put about 40 names in it because, um, you know, you never know how you're going to, it's kind of easy to feel grateful for people in your lives when you start making a list. And so I, I did that and um, I knew I needed at least 31. Um, and I, so that was kind of my preparation day on like November 29th and 30th. I prepared for this challenge by making my list and, and setting these rules for myself. The boundaries I set for myself was I'm going to write on a new platform that I've never tried before, which at the time was medium.com. And I had heard about it, hadn't really written much there, but I wanted to. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity to learn a new tool um, experiment with the platform and then also do this writing challenge. And so my little goals, it was one, write on Medium so that I could post it publicly. That was a rule that I had to do. The other rule was write nonstop for 30 minutes and post it without editing it. So just immediately when I'm done, just post it. I could read it after and make little word tweaks if I found things, but just write and post in, in on all, in all honesty, when you're um, new at posting things, really how big is your audience, right? <laughs> and so sometimes I think we let that fear hold us back of like, oh my gosh, it's unedited and who's going to read it? And what are they going to think of me? And yeah, it's a, it's a real fear, but I had to put those fears aside in order to accomplish the goal. So we did that. I um, was like, okay, you write for 30 minutes and you post no matter what. And so... And so I did that and it had to be posted publicly. And so I, and I think I shared each one on my Facebook page after it was done as well. So, you know, I just did that. So I woke up, I, I found a time in my day where I would do it consistently. And I, I think at the time I was waking up at like six, five or 6 a.m., maybe let's say 6 a.m. I was waking up and that's the first thing I would do. I'd go to my little writing desk and I would set my timer for 30 minutes. I would pull up my list of names and I'd pick one. It didn't have to go in the chronological order. I just had to pick one and go with it. And so I, I did that. And like as I went along, um, I really enjoyed the experience for one. Uh, writing about gratitude is like in any format, even if you know the most you can do 
is one word. Like think of one word a day of gratitude and 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 commit to writing that and sharing it with the world. Um, do it. I highly recommend it. It's a great way to kind of get get started. And um, sometimes writing for thirty minutes is it's big. It's a oh, you know that's a big goal. It's a big chunk of time to commit to, and. So for me, I was able to do that, to carve it out, to commit to it for 31 days. I had a very clear end in mind and I was going to do this. And so I did it. And, you know, as I got around day 27, 28, um, I really started feeling this hunger that I needed to do more. I had to set another challenge for January. And so it was really kind of neat. It built this momentum within me, like, you know, the more that I accomplished each daily goal and, and you know, was able to check it off as a success, um, it, it really grew like a swelling within me. And I loved that feeling. So I was like, okay, as we near the end of the month and I'm, you know, knocking out each one, I am going to set up a new challenge for January. And at the time, I think my challenge, my daughters were all excited about YouTube and I knew nothing about YouTube. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do a daily vlog post every day. Um, You know, and again, how many people are watching? Not very many. So, you know, I created myself a a new YouTube channel and I had like 4.30 in the morning, I was trying to get myself to wake up earlier. Actually, I was waking up earlier because of some of the work that I was doing, traveling abroad and stuff. So my time clock got all messed up. (laughs) I was automatically waking up at 4.30 at this time. So I was like, I'll just run into the garage so I don't wake up the family and I'll I'll shoot a video. And I did... um, inspiration, like 30 days of inspiration. And it was like people or things that inspired me. And so I did it in sort of the same spirit of the 30 days, 30 people writing project. I decided to do 30, uh, 30 days of January, 31 days of January, um, where I would do a video every day and learn how to use YouTube. I would post it unedited, just up there. And I have to tell you, like, you know, you learn a lot by doing stuff like that. I learned all about terrible lighting and um, maybe trying to make myself look a little more presentable for the camera, but those were really raw and really honest. So, you know, I think they're still out there on my, my YouTube channel. <laughs> so, I, I think there's a link to that on my uh, voice America page anyway. So, um, so yeah, I shared I shared every day. And anyway, so like as we work our way toward um, this November NaNoWriMo challenge in 2015, I was cross training for it basically by every month giving myself a different challenge and, you know, kind of trying to break it down and make it small. And there were times when, you know, I think in February, I did something called Music Wormholes inspired by my good friend Daniel Steinberg, who had. Uh, done a, a a series about music memories. You know, when you hear a song and it brings back a memory. So I did a February challenge with with that, and then in March I did another video one, and and, and on and on. And there were days I remember the first time that I actually missed a batch of days. I missed like five days. I was traveling abroad and my Wi-Fi didn't work and I was unable to upload my videos for like three, four days. And then I was on the plane. Um, So five days I missed and I was really like kind of beat up that I 
you know, beating myself up that I, I didn't post, that I failed, that I missed these days and maybe it wasn't worth finishing the month. And then instead of just giving up, I decided to pick it up where I left off, just explain like, hey, life happens sometimes and carry on and keep going. So I did that. And anyway, fast forward, I was doing monthly challenges every month of different scale of different variety every month until I got to November. And I was ready by this. This time I was ready to take on that NaNoWriMo challenge, but I was also expecting to fail. And so um, I guess like what I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And aside from my word count, my daily word count, I'm going to also kind of create a little journal um, over on my Medium account. I'm going to create a daily journal that just talks about how I did. I'll include my word count and maybe I'll do like a selfie photo or whatever as my header so that my posts have a header. Anyway, so it's, you know, kind of a weird little project, but self-exploration and growth, I did it. And I ended up, you know, I was thinking I'll journal the process so that when I fail my 50,000 word novel, I will have something to look back on and, uh, you know, learn from so that in 2016, I can nail it. And so, you know, what, what happened though is because I knew I had a lot of travel that month too. I was traveling to speak. Um, I knew I had to go to Florida. I had to go to Southern California and all kinds of travel on the calendar and um, life, you know, all the things. So I fully expected to fail, but I didn't. I actually succeeded. I hit, crossed the uh, 50,000 word line on day 21. And I was just so excited. And, you know, again, it was not an editable or not like a, a publishable book. It was editable, um, but I did it. And it was a huge accomplishment um, to say that I was able to finish this 50 word challenge, 50,000 word challenge in within 30 days. So I did that. And yet I didn't, I didn't have my book yet. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I basically, I, I kind of shelved the book um, thinking I need to edit it. I have a lot of work to do on it, but maybe for 2016's NaNoWriMo challenge, I will, um, I'll save this project for then and I'll tackle it again in editing mode. And I'll just use the, the framework of that 30 day challenge. But in the meantime, I have other things that I want to do and work on. And I just, I felt like, okay, I accomplished this big goal. I'm going to set it aside, rest for a bit, work on other things and, and, so on and so forth. And so I did that and I kind of shelved it thinking I would get back to it in 2016. And then um, in 2016, my now husband and I, Ken, we, we actually ended up launching a company called Picture This Clothing. And I will share that amazing story on another day because I don't want to you know, use up the full. We have about 20 minutes left in this uh, today's show. So I, I don't want to use the whole time sharing a whole nother story, but it's a good story. So make sure you check back in with me um, on another episode when I get to share that one. So anyway, so working toward actually making a book. So kind of long story short, over the next year, I had shared it with an editor. I was introduced to an editor, someone I admired, um, and she was great, but she 
you know, she edited it like a traditional editor would. And I felt like it was becoming not me um, in a lot of ways. And, and anyway, we had launched the company in, in August of 2016. So by the time I got to November of 2016, there was no time for me to actually focus on this book anymore. So I set it aside and it just got put on the back burner um, for years, really. And so we spent the next five years really pouring our time and energy into building Picture This Clothing into a company. And all the while, this like desire to write a book um, was kind of swelling within me. And and so I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, with picture this clothing, you know, the pandemic happening and things slowed down there at the company enough that I had time to wiggle some writing back into my life. And so around, you know, the time the pandemic hit in, uh, man, that was 2020 huh? already. So when that hit and we had to close down the shop for a certain amount of time, while we kind of figured out if we were safe to reopen and and all of that, we were just home and I started writing again and and chipping away at stuff. And I had gone through all the editorial notes that I received and I I just really felt like disconnected from this book as a Jamie book. And I, I don't know. And then I have this other, um, somebody who I really admire, Austin Cleon, um, and A-U-S-T-I-N, K-L-E-O-N.com if you're interested in checking out Austin Cleon. But he had written some books and they're really short, small, little square books and they're very succinct. And I just, I always said, if I ever wrote a book, like I'd really like to write a book like his books. I mean, like they're just these really helpful nuggets of information. It's a fairly easy read. Um, And I I love that with just chock full of information. And in one of those books, he says, he, he says, write the book you want to read. And I was like, man, that's the best advice ever. Because um, often with you know traditional publishing and traditional editorial, often it guides you through this process. And it really you know, has me explaining the book up front and why and why you should read it and why it's good for you. And it was just uh, you know, like I get all of that. But as a friend recently said on Twitter, like sometimes like I just... I don't need to be convinced. I've already bought the book. I just want to read it and I just want the information. And, you know, I thought, yeah, exactly that. And so I I got to work on writing something smaller, just breaking it down and making it smaller. And I ended up actually just last month releasing my first book. Um, So I finally did it. Now, mind you, this book is five inches by, by seven, like a five by seven card, basically. Um, five by seven. It's a very small book. It's only 43 pages and it's kind of a work world book. It's 12 ways to, uh, to be better to work with. <laughs> so it's like an interpersonal skills book. And, um, but it's, it's such a huge accomplishment. It's a talk that I used to do when I did a lot of public speaking out in the tech world for um, iOS and design folks. And I had written this talk for that audience in particular, but then as I shared 
this stuff with my intellectual property attorney, he was like, hey, there's this is a great book for designers and developers, but hey, there's stuff I can use here too. This is stuff in for regular people. So anyway, so I, uh, I just, I, I self-published, I put it out there, it's done. And I was so excited. So this gets back to the big bulky desires, right? Like we, we set goals for ourselves and sometimes they're massive or feel massive. And the best thing that we can do is figure out how to kind of whittle them down and, and, and get there, but never stop. Right. Like, so even though I put this on the back burner for years while I focused on stuff that was happening in my life, very real things going on in my life, I still kept chipping away and chipping away and chipping away until finally, finally, I have an artifact in the real world, like proof that I finally accomplished this goal. And it's such a, you know, such a personal thing, um, what you choose as your goals. But when you get into setting the big bulky desires, you know, you can break these things into groups, you know, maybe it's clearing a cabinet or cleaning the house, you know, and, and cleaning one room in the house or cleaning one shelf in the house and, you know, clearing things out. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's a bigger goal, like writing a book. Maybe it's even, you know, way more massive, like starting your own company and, you know, becoming your own boss, leaving your job, whatever your big bulky desires are, it's really important to write these down and, you know, think about, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it sound like? Think about those senses. Um, you know, is there a taste involved? Like really, really flesh it out. Um, you know, I mean, and maybe categorize your goals by by large, medium, and small, like, you know, or a low-hanging fruit, however you want to categorize them. I, I don't think that um, that piece is necessarily the important thing, the important thing is that you write it down because, and then make it clear because the more clear it is to your mind, the, the better you see it and the more you visualize it, the, the easier it is to get there, right? And to start clearing those obstacles and making it, um, making it come true. And so, you know, my, my book goal is it the book I always dreamed I'd write? No, but I'm going to keep going, right? Like it's one book, it's progress. And it was practice. It was a learning experience. And so it, it took a lot of the fear. And I have to tell you, it's scary. It's scary putting yourself out there in any way where people can criticize you and people can tell you what's wrong with it and that you should have done this. You should have thought of that. And, you know, I know that I, I make mistakes and I do things wrong, but I'm learning as I go. And sometimes the only way to learn, really learn, is to put it out there and get that feedback from other people and try really hard not to be protective and defensive. And so, you know, these are all practices um, in my day-to-day that, that come with putting myself out there in these various ways. And I really encourage you, whatever it is. And I mentioned, you know, similarly going through this pandemic, that sometimes it's really hard just to get out of bed. And, you know, if, if that's where you need to start, we're actually going to get to that. Not next week. Next week is about actually looking at what's stopping us. So, um, yeah, I want you to definitely come back and, and 
join me next week because we're, we're going to call next week's Confess and Address, and we're going to talk about common things that do stop folks. Um, and if you want to share with me, I'm going to keep some stuff at the very end here. Um, I'll, I'll add some ways that you can share with me, but like, what is stopping you? What stops you from accomplishing? If you've written down your goals, you're like, I'm clear on what I want. I just don't know how to get there. Or I've got these very real obstacles in my life. Um, that I'm trying to get over. So, you know, if you have that, share that with me. Um, Give me just a minute. I want to do a quick little community piece here before we wrap it up for today. Um, Every every episode, I'd really like to do a community piece. This is the part where where I can share your stories, your questions, thoughts, and really anything you'd like to share or ask on the topic of getting unstuck. Um, it's also a place where if you're following along, you can share your progress. If you know if you started on your compass of intention, for example, you want to share that with me or anyone listening. Like that'll this is where we do it. So um, going into the community piece for this week, I want to check back in with. Chuck Dude on Twitter, who shared very honestly a, a helpless feeling kind of stuck with us last week. He's in Seattle. His 83-year-old mom is in Michigan. And because of this pandemic, he hasn't seen his mom since his dad's funeral in December of 2019. And technology is a little too technical for her. And basically, Chuck is feeling stuck in an endless loop of the year 2020. And um, I, I actually did receive a supportive listener email, Chuck. And listener Sharon B. from South Fork, Utah wrote, my heart really goes out to you, Chuck. I feel like this was one of those situations where time and waiting is the only answer. At the same time, the pressure of not knowing how much time you have left with an elderly parent is a whole additional layer of stress on top of everything else. Stay strong. My heart is with you. And Sharon, thank you for taking the time to share your support with Chuck. Um, I couldn't agree more with what you wrote there. I want so badly for this show to have so many helpful tips and solutions for getting unstuck. But let's be real. There are some really big situations that we don't have full control of. And the best that we can do is try to focus on the pieces we do have control over and chip away at those the best we can. And, you know, sending you all my care, Chuck, and and I hope that you'll keep me posted on how things are going. Um, but man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So, and then I, I received another question um, from Pebbles and Driftwood, sorry, Pebbles and Driftwood on Instagram wrote, your story is heartbreaking, Jamie. What would you say was the most strengthening way you endure, endured your grief? All right. So Pebbles and Driftwood, um, I think to answer your question in as most succinct a way as I can, um, enduring grief is an interesting question because I, I think that's exactly it, right? It's like we endure. We don't necessarily get over it. And I feel very similarly when we go through things like burnout or um, divorce. I've been through a divorce. We, you know, we go through these very traumatizing life events, maybe a global pandemic. And sometimes we're just in it. Like there's you know, we, we, we don't get out or away. And I think, like I said earlier in this episode, 
sometimes just because you work through it for a moment doesn't mean that you're clear of it forever. And grief works very much the same way. It comes and goes in waves. And the best thing that I've learned to do is, I think, maybe keep myself busy, but that's sort of an interestingly... um, I don't know. That's a, that seems like such an emotionless response when in my heart, it's this process that I am walking through, through this season of Coffee with Jamie is every single bit of how I've endured grief. Um, every single step that I walk through, and there are six steps, but we'll break it all across these 13 episodes. Um, these steps, I go back to every time I start feeling over the overwhelm of of loss or feeling even if it's feeling sorry for myself or the reality of a situation or or whatever it is I'm feeling my feelings are real your feelings are real and you know it, it's not it's not about avoiding them it's figuring out how to you know find the tools to help you keep moving even though you're carrying this backpack full of grief and loss and, and real situations. And, and that for me is, that's how, how it goes. Um, so thank you, Pebbles and Driftwood on Instagram for asking that question and, and, and thank you. Um, so, so if you would like to reach out to me, I'm going to simplify this a bit from last week. Um, you know, again, this is a very new show. First time I'm doing a show solo. I've done a lot of guest hosting and co-hosting on podcasts, but this is my very first time. So I'm learning as I go. If you have feedback, I always encourage that. Be kind, be gentle. But if, if you would like to reach out to me, um, I think last week I listed every single possible way to reach me. And this week I'm going to narrow that down, make it a little bit easier. Anybody who actually wants to share, go to the show page on my website, coffeewithjamie.com. And it's coffee with J-A-I-M-E-E.com. The easy way to remember to spell my name, Jamie, is it's the word aim is in it, A-I-M. So the A comes before the I, and then it's two E's just like coffee. So coffeewithjamie.com. Scroll down a bit on that show page. You'll see a link to the show page. You'll see a big fat email button. That's the best way to reach me. Um, how to listen. If you want to share this show with friends or anyone that you think might find some value in it, you can listen live each week on the Voice America Network. There's a link to that also on the show page of my Coffee with Jamie website or after the live broadcast every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific time or 7.15 a.m. if we're having technical difficulties. Uh, The episodes are posted to all the places you would listen to any other podcast. So, for example, if you use the podcast app from Apple iPhone, you can search Coffee with Jamie or Jamie Finney and you'll find the show. If you are, uh, if you're listening um, and you want to help the show out, if you're listening on one of those podcast apps, leave a review, a positive one, preferably. <laughs> leave positive reviews encouraged, negative. If you have negative things to say or feedback to share, by all means, reach out to me through that um, that show page on my website that, you know, shoot me a message. I am very open 
to feedback. Um, and again, if you do decide to share with me one of your stories, um, if you're stuck, if you have tips, if you have thoughts, if you're following along and you want to share what your compass of intention or some of your big bulky desires in life, if you want to share those with me, shoot them over through that email button on my show page, coffeewithjamie.com. And if you don't want me to share it publicly, please say so. Um, let me know how, if you do want me to share it, if you're okay with me sharing it, let me know um, how you'd like to be addressed. If it's a social media handle, first name, however you'd like to do that. And I absolutely respect privacy in all formats. So please just, you know, if it needs to be anonymous, say so. I absolutely respect that. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. So <laughs> I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope to see you again next week when we talk about confessing and addressing. Confess and address what is stopping you. All right? All right. So I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for taking the time for Coffee with Jamie. Please join Jamie Finney again next Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time for another cup of discussion and wisdom on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then. 